Welcome to the Educators to Educators podcast, a place where educators come together to talk about the best online tools for classroom success. The world of education is changing quickly, and we want to help you stay ahead of the curve with the latest innovations and greatest technology so that you can build an effective and efficient classroom that leaves you time to focus on what matters most, your personal life. Now, let's meet our host, Carrie Conover. Carrie has spent 22 years in education. She spent 10 years in the classroom before becoming an EdTech corporate leader. She now helps educators connect to EdTech companies and EdTech companies connect with teachers. So grab your favorite flare pen or note-taking app and let's get learning. Hello friends and welcome back to the Educators to Educators podcast. How are you all doing We have reached October. This is the time of year where I really feel like teachers are settling in, your classrooms are in a rhythm, and you know what you've got for the year, hopefully. Hopefully there's not been too much change in your student rosters, your class schedules, or what is going on in your school environment. But October was always that time of year where I could just take a deep breath. I also remember this time of year being when the excitement of back to school has kind of calmed down. And sometimes there are behaviors that come out of your students that maybe become more repeated behaviors or there are students that are fatigued from trying to follow all the rules and all of a sudden they're starting to maybe make choices that aren't the best choices. And so it's really got me thinking about behavior in the classroom. And sometimes in this time of year or leading into winter, we need to find things that will grab our students' attention or remind them, okay, these are the appropriate school behaviors. And guess who that falls on? Teachers. And obviously this podcast is all about using technology in your classroom and how you can use tips and tools to make your life easier. And a few months ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Connor McQueen, who is my guest today. He has been a teacher for seven years, teaching third through sixth grade, which I love guests that come on here that have, you know, they're right in the middle there in that sweet spot, because I think that our guests talk about tools they use, and you can use those up through middle school, through elementary, and even into high school. So Connor is obsessed with ed tech and has used many tools in his classroom to help manage behaviors and use positive reinforcement to get his classroom to run smoothly. So Connor, thank you for being here on the E2E podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. I appreciate it. And Connor has been active in the E2E community. Connor, do you want to share just a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I've been teaching for seven years, um, third through sixth grade. Uh, before that, I was actually uh, an at-home tutor for a couple of second grade boys. Um, so I've kind of been in the ed- education realm for nine plus years at this point. Um, and yeah, I, in my personal life, I love playing music. Um, I'm actually a published author. I'm going to have a book coming out in December. Um, so I got a lot of stuff going on. Awesome. I love it. And did you know, Connor, that my undergrad degree is in music? Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. I have quite an interesting, like, winding path to how I got here, but we'll have to have that music discussion at another time. But, 
Connor, why are you so passionate about, we're going to talk about four different tools, tech tools that you can use in your classroom. And can you just tell us why you are passionate about this topic and how it became something that you know so much about? Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that ever since I started teaching, that was behavior management uh, was pretty much my my main focus. Um, I noticed that it was really something that that is needed and honestly something that isn't at least from my perspective, wasn't taught as much. Um, something I kind of kind of had to learn on the fly. And so it, it just became kind of the thing I was most focused on. Um, and in today's day and age, you know, with all the, all the technology and all the apps that we have access to, um, it, it just makes it so much easier on, on us as teachers to be able to do it. So like to combine the focus and the passion for like that behavior management and the ed tech um, it just, it's just, it's like a perfect match. Yeah. The, the quicker we can get the behavior, you know, expectations set and manage those, the more we can get to the real important stuff, which is that FaceTime one-on-one with our kids sitting down in small groups. So I'm all about using tech to clear up that space in your classroom, to have those more face-to-face important conversations. So today we're going to talk about class dojo, class craft, thumbsters, and GimKit. So why don't you start, Connor, telling us a little bit about Class Dojo? Absolutely. Um, Class Dojo in my uh, my newest school that I'm at now, I'm actually a mentor for my school. So I've learned a little bit more recently. Um, this is one, Class Dojo is something, you know, if teachers are listening, we probably all know about it to some extent. Um, I've just noticed that some districts use it a little bit more than others. So um, at its core, it's really just like a parent communication app. Um, it's very easy. It's like it, you, you can text the parents, like as long as they sign up for your class dojo, um, they can access it. They can put it on their phone and it's just as simple as a text. Um, you can get your notifications on your you know, laptop or whatever and on your phone. Super easy. Um, it almost takes away the necessity of having to call or email parents. So I feel like it's so much easier. Um, but beyond that, it is a behavior management system. Um, you know, you, you have all your kids in your class and you can go to your specific students and add a certain amount of points for desired behaviors um, that you can actually create. You put in whatever you want. You know, if it's PBIS stuff like respectful, responsible and safe, um, you can make those, you know, points or you could even make specific things like assembly. You know, if, if your class where a certain student does well at an assembly, that can be a specific point or getting to class on time or turning in their homework, you know, whatever it is, you can make all these specific um, points for them that you can give them. And I think the coolest part with that is because it's so like PBIS aligned that um, you can have the students, you know, purchase prizes with with Class Dojo points um, and do a lot of different things with them. There is something you can do. You can take away points on there so you can give them and take them away. Uh, I personally never took them away. That kind of takes away from the positive aspect. Um, I think there needs to be other things in place for the punitive stuff, but I think Dojo should be just a perfectly positive thing um, for the students. I love that you can, they can earn individual and then team points as well. Like, I like that point that you're bringing up of like, we're trying to earn this class award or this class experience um so that's very cool and the other thing that's cool about class dojo is it's free (laughs) 
always free. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about Classcraft. It's interesting. Classcraft, I met their team year like seven or eight years ago um, at a conference, at a booth, and it took me a minute to unpack it and to understand it. But once I got it, I thought, oh, my gosh, like I know my son at the time he was let's see, he was in like fourth grade. He would have loved this. So tell me a little bit about Classcraft. Yeah, that, I feel like that fourth grade age is almost perfect. Um, yeah, I feel the same exact way where it's like you look at it at first and you're like, OK, I think I need to figure this out. And then once you dig deep into it, you're like, whoa, this is actually really cool. Um, it's definitely one of the coolest ones that I've, that I've come across. Uh, it also has multiple uses from what I've seen. Um, you can input assignments into it actually, and like create quests for students, um, on which they can earn things like they can earn gold and XP, uh, and things within Classcraft. So, yeah. And what's also cool is that, you know, the, the students kind of go on there, they create, uh, their own character kind of styled after like an RPG video game character with different okay, classes. Wait, hold on. Yeah. What tell everyone what RPG means. They may not know. RPG, uh, role-playing games. So like if you've ever heard of games like Skyrim, things like that, where you big open world and you get to create your character and interact like with Minecraft the world. is actually technically that too, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. Interact with the open world in that way. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of something that, like, maybe someone who doesn't have their own kids or doesn't really understand this gaming world would get. Like, Minecraft is kind of the very, very basic. Yes, definitely. It's very basic. Um, whereas Classcraft kind of brings in that extra, extra aspect of, um, like, that character creation uh, where you get to, you know, dress them and make them look a certain way. So they kind of have some ownership over it. Um and then once they have that character, they're able to, so they have like HP, so they have health, they have AP, which is action points, um, and and then like gold and things that they can buy different outfits and pets and things in the game. Um, but the cool part is that you can actually, as the teacher, put them on teams within the classroom. And uh, so let's say, you know, you're on a team, one of the students is on a team with somebody and that person comes into class late uh, the teacher can actually take away health points from that student because they didn't follow the expectations. But what the teammate can do is use some of their action points and basically save them from losing the health points. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Like it is a way to manage behavior and be like, Hey, you know, you were late. I'm going to take away this HP, but if you have some teammates to help you out, the HP won't come out. And that's like a really sweet way to have, you know, team building and community building within the classroom. Love it. So of those two, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. I can take it. But if you are a teacher who is a gamer yourself or you're, you pick up on tech easily, you, um, like, Classcraft is kind of like in my mind level two, where Class Dojo is like Class Dojo is more of like level one. I'm talking about from a teacher usage standpoint. Oh, totally. Yeah, I feel like user Class Dojo is so user friendly. You know, you'll figure it out in under a day. Um, and I feel like Classcraft it would take you multiple days, maybe weeks, to really figure out and dig deep into all the little intricacies of it. So yeah, definitely, I agree. Well, Classcraft. 
I think if I were back in the day, it feels like I taught a long time ago, but if I were going to do this, I might do this with like an after school club or a smaller group opportunity where maybe I could get to know it on a smaller scale and then the next year roll it out to my larger class. For sure. Yeah. It, it would take a, a lot, a little bit of a learning curve if you just kind of tried to, you know, do the teacher thing of like, oh, I just found this new thing. Let me show everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah but it might uh, benefit from, yeah, that uh, kind of small group first. And I mean, listen, the, a lot of times in my experience, some of the kids that were the hardest to pull in were the kids that went home and were gaming for four or five hours a night. And then they had to come and listen to me all day. Like, I can't compare to this, right? But this is a way, like, I think you could really merge those two worlds together and get some kids that that maybe don't necessarily want to be at school and at home playing video games. You might be able to pull them in and get them engaged. Yeah, yeah, I think so. With uh, especially, yeah, those gamers, they, they would love it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Thumbsters, which is, um, I don't know anything about Thumbsters, so you are the expert here. Okay, yeah, um, this one's actually really simple. Uh, in the the blog post, I actually, we actually say, um, suggested for maybe like K through two, you know, something like primary grades, uh, because it's very, very simple. It's actually billed as a family or parental app, um, but it's essentially, you got a thumbs up and you got a thumbs down and you can set certain behavior expectations. Uh, I would say more specific things, you know, like stays, stays in his or her seat, um, turns in his or her homework on time, things like that. And just giving thumbs up and thumbs down. And it kind of keeps track of where the student is on the track of thumbs up slash thumbs down. And so you, it's like a visual representation of green thumbs up and then red thumbs down. And you can see along a scale kind of where the student is at any given time love it and that one is also free correct yes super free and let's back up classcraft is free until you go into a premium mode so if you want to learn more about that pricing but you can get started for free on classcraft as uh, as well, well yeah. um and let's talk about GimKit. your final suggestion we have talked about this before at e2e but i want to hear all about your perspective of GimKit and what it is GimKit is uh, really cool. Um, it isn't specifically a behavior app, um, but I found out through using it that it kind of hits on like some SEL, social emotional learning bits if you are engaged with it as the teacher. Um, so it's essentially like Kahoot um, made gamified. Uh, so they're like, they're playing a game while they answer the questions and so they're playing together you know it's all one thing where they're all on their devices playing together um and my experience with it i haven't gone super deep into it um i've played essentially one mode inside of it which was it's called trust no one and it's essentially the game among us um so at this point that game's a little uh it's i'm not it's not old but the kids aren't as obsessed with it as they were maybe i don't know two years ago (laughs) Um, but they, they would still love it. So you go in there. Um, it's just among us. They, there's one imposter. They have to find the imposter. They can investigate each other. They can call a meeting. So this is where I felt it got really interesting. So as they're answering questions, they're getting points and they're getting this ability to investigate the other players. And sometimes it comes up as, you know, somebody's a little suspicious 
And so they'll be able to call a class meeting. So the whole, you know, if you have it on the smart board or anything like the leaderboard is up there, um, the kid can kind of stop everything and it, and it goes up on the screen, like meeting called. And again, as long as you have rules for it as the teacher, um, the kids will, you know, say, I'm going to call this person out. I believe they're the imposter. And as my class started to do it, it became, it was very respectful. Um, I said, like, maybe you would think that this would get kind of chaotic with like finger pointing and kids, kids calling each other names and things. But again, as long as you kind of model it for them and, and you're on it, then they'll be on it too. And we actually had really interesting and fun conversations with GimKit um, that led to, again, I think a really, really awesome classroom community. I love it. I think classroom community is the best way to end this podcast in that when I think about technology and I was, I, I always tell people I had one of the first one-to-one -one iPad carts in the nation in my classroom. Like the iPad one, it didn't even have a camera. But when I think back to learning how to use that and then we would go back to Apple and tell them how we integrated it, one of the concerns was, is this technology going to pull kids apart and isolate them? And actually, what I love about all the apps and tools you shared out today is it is actually about creating community, working as a team, encouraging that positive classroom environment. So thank you for sharing that out. I want to stress that tech doesn't always have to divide people. It can bring them together. It sure can. Exactly, Carrie. Well, Connor, I want you back on the podcast. I think we need to do another uh, episode, another a part two. But thank you so much for being with me on this chilly October night. And uh, we're going to have your voice back here on the podcast again. Beautiful. I love it. I'd love to do part two. All right. We'll talk to you soon again, Connor. Everyone else, make sure you go over to educators2educators.com. Check out, we have so many great new blogs and podcasts. Go check that out. And until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Educators to Educators podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode of the Educators to Educators podcast.